That's better. All right, boys and girls, welcome to Dixon Jane's number 880. 880. My God, coming up on 888. Whoa. Yeah. Um, maybe it'll be spring by then. It's, uh, I don't know where you are, but where I am, it is decidedly winter. The snow is falling. I looked out the kitchen window and, oh, God, that's beautiful. Then I went, went out the front door, looked at the driveway filling up. My son's still in bed. I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to have to get him up and at it before my uncle gets home at uh, five-ish. Although she was going to go and have a, one of these drive-through automatic car washes today. She um, went to do that yesterday and had a little mishap and, uh, I don't know, didn't quite line up on the tracks. And the guy, you know, horns honking behind her. Unfortunately, uh, the guy said, oh, gosh, you've got those extra wide wheels. Uh, maybe you should go to a different one. And gave her the address of another Petro-Canada station with a drive-in, except that uh, wasn't the right address. But uh, anyway, yeah, so... I'm sitting in the road track now, looking out, and, and honestly, I love winter. It is so beautiful, but I tried shoveling. I can shovel off the veranda and the front step now that we've had our front porch redone, but when I get to the driveway and there's a little ice already underneath, I'm, I'm just terrified, and it's not, it's not my conscious mind. It's a, a, a defense mechanism in the brain that's saying, hey... Look out, buddy! You're gonna fall, and it's gonna hurt. And it's just—it's just like a a built-in reflex. Like you—you've—you know—you burn your hand as a child on a fire, and you see fire after that, and you're—you're immediately—you're nervous and you're—you're you're uncomfortable. And I'm that way about the ice now, because I can't afford to fall. My elbow was swollen up again, where you know I fell out of my chair, and that was a few weeks back, and just suddenly it just puffs up again. Weird things happen when you when you get old, but uh, anyway, so I can't take a chance on the ice as much as I'd like to. Like I love the fresh air and I like being out in the cold, and I got a great winter coat with a hood. I, you know that's not the problem. The problem is the fear of falling, and um, yeah, so that's why I've come into the road track. Oh, 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 gee, my lights are flickering a little bit. I've got the. Uh, the lovely lights on, of course, because I don't want to get in the road track without them. But they don't seem to be on full. I think it's this, maybe the... Kind of, anyway, you don't have to worry about that. Don't worry about that. I'm going to get everything fixed just right. Um, but a few things to talk about. I, I think there's a pause button here, and I'm, I'm going to feel a lot better if I have the, the colored lights fixed. So hang on. Yeah, you'd think after all these years of using my Olympus LS10, I would know which button to push to uh, hit pause. But uh, no, that would stop. Anyway, we're back. Um, and the lights are fine. The plug was a little loose. God, I, it's it's one of the happiest things I've done. I've wanted these silly little, you know, LED lights 
for a long time. I just felt it needed. I've, I've never used them camping. This is just in the driveway. And I've got them on green now to brighten it up. Because, I mean, the front windshield is frozen over completely. The passenger, I'm sitting in the passenger seat with my feet, you know, up on the middle seat. And that window is completely covered. So, but I can see out the back and the driver's side. I can see the snow. And it's just, it's lovely. It's just lovely. But, let's move on uh, to the not-so-lovelies. I saw, I was flicking channels. I let Yuki out. And, of course, I can't go to bed if the cat's out. And she only stays out for two minutes. But So I put the TV back on and I flipped the channel and came across one of these religious channels, uh, Vision TV, and saw an ad for these two people selling a product to make your wishes come true. It was so... I mean, this is outright... It's not just hucksterism. They're taking money from people who probably can't afford it. Like, there was a story, $1,648 came in the mail, and I was able to pay off my car. Oh, joy! Oh, joy! You know, thank God. Well... These are, if you can, so you can buy wishes. Here we are. Call or text for your free miracle spring water. They showed a little container. I, I, I can't, I cannot believe. I can't fucking believe this is real. And it's on TV. And they're not, a, they're not, a, they're not in fucking jail. God damn it, that's awful. You're free. Just call this number for your free spring water oh this is peter popoff ministries send for your prayer request it just god damn it you fuckers jesus would fucking christ you know he'd take his fucking crutch if you have you know to help him walk and it fucking whack you over the head christ would fucking whack you over the head with his crutch i don't know why he has a crutch but hey after all that time on the cross I'm sure his feet hurt. Oh. Honestly, it, 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 it's shocking. Like, if we saw this in another country. And then, of course, I can go to the other religions. People who are sort of being framed for insulting the prophet. And, you know, facing death. Okay. Now, what, what kind of religion... Wants you to, what? What kind of fucking belief thinks it's right to kill somebody for insulting your prophet? Fuck you! Oh, honestly, I I know it's not pleasant to listen to, but it just—if I don't vent, it builds up. And part of the Dixon Jane's podcast is just to help me get this shit out of my system. But this idea, this what people have done. In the States especially, but they're spreading it all over the fucking world. They're off in all over the place spreading the, the gospel. And it's all about money. And when you see these people with giant houses and cars and jet planes and huge churches all in the name of fucking Christ. God damn it. It'll, really, God damn it. Maybe that's why we're suffering. A God, if there was this God. He'd be so pissed off. Maybe he's just not as powerful 
as they want you to believe he is, and therefore he can't strike them all down. Yeah. Anyway, I know it's silly. It's just, honestly... Uh, okay, we'll move on. I, I apologize. I, it's, not, it's not pleasant. And, you know, I know if somebody was new and they just tuned in just now, they'd say, oh, fuck, I'm not going to take any more. This guy's worse than Peter fucking Popoff. All right. <laughs> I'll be calmer about this next one. You keep getting these things about, gee, how come politicians and senators and people, you know, high-ranking government positions who've been voted in are allowed to buy and sell stocks. And sometimes so timely, you know, just before a law is passed, they decide to unload or buy on the cheap. And yeah, like, whoa, whoa, no, you're giving up all that if you're going to be in a position of making rules and laws and having an impact on the outcome of certain decisions governments make. You you can't trade and buy and sell. Come on. Come on. All right. I am um, I've I've done a couple of like I'm out here today because I was I was lying on my bed listening to another one of these very slickly produced podcasts about uh, an informant in hiding who you know who betrayed the mafia and Gave up its secrets to the uh, the government, and you know they're 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 really well done. They've got the background music, they've got the perfect editing. Uh, they're well done, and you, it's easy to get drawn into these things. And uh, so I have no embarrassment about it. It's a nice thing. It's like old time radio, you know. So I I do listen to a few of these podcasts. I can't even tell you what that one was, but I'm sure you have your own. Uh but instead, on Sunday, uh, which is normally, you know, West Hill United Church Service, online, Zoom, uh, which I don't go to anymore. Give it a try. You heard all about that. But instead, I went to uh, Oasis. And it's a Toronto organization that actually, there's a very same Greta Vosper, my former minister, helped found in Toronto. And they have... Sunday talks, and it's usually about science, and they're always very interesting, and uh, they used to be in person back down at the U of T. I've been to those. But they had this one, um, (coughs) excuse me, uh, by a professor called Mark Reimers. And the talk, boy, oh boy, come on, come on, I had to, I don't think I have it written down here. But it was a talk about what where humans differed from our ancestors, the primates. So where what what made us develop so fast? And it was this zoom up. And he had very well done with all kinds of charts and graphs on, you know, and a talk and he spoke in a measured voice, perfect timing, very clear. It was the most amazing talk. So if you're ever, uh, yeah, and this applies to anybody, you can just tune in, get, get hold of Toronto Oasis, O-A-S-I-S, and uh, you can sign up for these talks. Uh, the next couple are on the power of storytelling or something like that. Um, this one was just, it was really, really well done. And he touched on a lot of, and then of course he was around for half an hour Q&A, and that was good. 
Uh, one of the things he said, I made a couple of notes, was that we lose millions of synapses a day. Now, we all know that, but this accounts for, like when I'm watching Jeopardy and I know the answer and I just can't get to it in time, they've already pushed the buzzer and answered it and say, yeah, I know that one, but uh, the filing, you know, is how, how quickly can I go to the path that has the answer that I know. Sometimes I'll get one and just shout it out, you know, before the contestants, but it's usually there's, there's these delays. And the shocking thing was he said that at seven years old around, we have the most synapses, neurons firing than we will ever have in our life. It's downhill from then. And this is why children, you know, are very malleable and can learn things quickly and pick things up. Um, the explanation he gave for why we our brain just took off and, and we, we became so advanced was that it was to do with culture, that the fact that humans listen and learn from other humans. And this is something primates, the, the apes and so on, don't do. They might be able to mimic certain things. But he said he gave the example of we know if you use your finger and hold it out to point at something, another human will follow the finger and look towards your pointing. Uh, but the the apes haven't learned that yet. They'll just look at the finger. Um, they will look to see where another ape might be looking in case there's food or an enemy or something there. But they don't. Um, they don't learn from each other. But we know a pointing finger indicates where you're supposed to look. They don't understand that. Uh, humans slept in trees up until a million and a half years ago. Speculation, of course. Um, now, the hardest part, they asked him about... Uh, is it true that because of COVID these past two years that children of these prime learning age we talked about are going to fall behind? And the answer was, sadly, yes, they already have. That their learning may be six months' worth of learning when it should have been two years' worth. And it doesn't mean in school you know, you've covered this much material. It's just the overall progression, understanding of the world around them. They are being retarded. They are they are losing out. And this is the tragedy. It's, it's the social skills, the day-to-day interaction, that it, there really is a significant impact on uh, development. Uh, and in infants, it's even worse. And th- they asked him why. And he said one of the things is that Everybody's living under stress. The parents, for times, for, you know, what's what's the latest government policy? How can I get my kid to daycare? Everything is under a certain degree of stress. And, of course, infants pick up on that. And there is very little what he called carefree interaction. Carefree interaction. Not this has to be done now to get this achieved, but just carefree time of, of stress-free uh, spontaneity, you know, maybe even laughter. Uh, and this is missing from the lives of a lot of infants right now and, and younger children too, uh, the stress levels. And this is really, it's having. And so he said, we will, we will know, you know in 20 years, you'll be seeing these results in, in full. And that's kind of frightening. But uh, gosh, what a, what a depressing podcast to listen to. Uh, 50% of psychopaths are born, 50% stems from trauma, because uh, they're asking about a DNA connection to uh, 
psychopaths. And he said, no, still only about half. The other half are maybe just born to be cruel and mean and nasty. Uh, and the other's trauma. Uh, one quote, we have Stone Age mines in an a, in a, with a space age technology. That's going to cause us trouble. That's like what's happening in Ukraine right now, which I'm trying not to get interested in. Um, no correlation between understanding and caring. Well, we won't go into that. I'll save that for my uh, group tomorrow. Anyway, it was just a great way to spend two, two and a half hours, uh, two hours, on a, um, two and a half hours, sorry, on a uh, Sunday morning. Wonderful. Last night, I watched Looking for Mr. Goodbar. Now, I don't think I've seen that since it originally came out in the movies. I'm going to shut the engine off. We're okay. Um, God, that snow is just coming down. Holy shit. Looking for Mr. Goodbar, what a depressing movie. And Diane Keaton, I thought, was just incredible. A young, very young Richard Gere, who was a creep. Uh, but based on an, another true story, and I'd watched uh, Star 80 the night before of the uh, Playboy bunny, the Playboy playmate from Vancouver, Coquitlam, who was uh, murdered by her jealous husband because he was a creep. And then I guess this is something else that came up in the news. It wasn't on the talk uh, Sunday the amount of abuse, spousal abuse, the amount of women being hurt by their partners because, again, of the times of stress of COVID, people trapped at home, out of work, more time together, more frustration, more worry about finances. And the women take the brunt of it. And it, it it's just so sad to me that there are just so many fucking stupid, cruel, nasty men on this planet, those who profess their ideology and want to get out and club people to death. Somebody else did something. Oh, they didn't like it. Beat them to death and then set them on fire, you know, as an example, because of some way in which he may have offended the prophet. Um, how can you have any hope for the future when you have millions upon millions upon millions of people who believing this is right this is the way this is the truth this is the one true religion and i'm in a, and i'm not just looking at islam because everybody will accuse me of being oh an islamophobe oh yeah you've known that for a long time but these same bastard christians too of, of just Selling these these prayers, you know, it's just it's the nature of the human beast. But God damn it, you'd like to think we could rise above this, and and you do, and you have to put yourself in places where you meet nice people and you have good friends and you watch interesting things. But every once in a while, I guess you want to visit the dark side, and that's when you watch Looking for Mister Goodbar and realize, God, there's not a nice person in that entire movie. And yet it's based on a true story. Oh, my God. <sighs> Boy, I guess I'm going to have to end on a happier note. I think that's it as far as a note. Somebody else, uh, an 80-year-old woman, raised a question and said, when I grew up, I could make mistakes 
and not live in fear of them being recorded, caught on camera, uh, shown to the world. And she wanted to know the degree of, of stress or the impact of the stress that comes from everybody being on all the time through Facebook, through cameras, through recordings, through everything. And, and that loss of freedom just to grow up without being watched at every moment, which I enjoyed. I mean, we got through our life. I remember that that scene of standing on a corner in Vancouver with a bottle of Southern Comfort and somebody comes by, hey, you know, joins you, a complete stranger, and guzzles down a bit of the uh, Southern, you know, and, and, you know, the lighting up a joint here and there when it was illegal, you know, an openness. I mean, those are silly things, but... I don't, we weren't living in the same degree. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's bullshit, too. We, they, everybody was afraid of narcs, undercover police who grew their hair long and would hang out in bars and watch people. Gosh, I don't think I've got anything else. Do I have anything else? It's we're I'm, The men's group tomorrow, somebody's talking. I'll just give you this, and we'll end on that. Uh, maybe this is hopeful. Somebody called Ted Gadsby, Gadsby from Ontario who's written a book called Hard to Be Human. Now, I'm not sure. Somebody else mentioned this as a topic for conversation. Hard to be human. And the byline was, we haven't yet mastered our neuron-packed brains whose design features can morph into design flaws. So we've got these amazing brains, but we haven't learned how to use them properly, and so we, we, we get ourselves in trouble. And he points out five areas where we have trouble. Number one, tendency to oversimplify, because I guess we're trying to understand, so we we oversimplify and then we lose the true meaning or the nuance, I don't know. To addiction, to certainty. We want answers. Well, we certainly see that from the people who believe in Trump, believe in Jesus, believe in this and that. Uh, We want a certain degree of certainty. I'm guessing that's what it means. Number three, uh, being hostage to our emotions. Well, yeah, you've heard it right here today. I, I wasn't talking with any degree of reason about any topic. I was only emo- reacting emotionally to the things I saw on TV that annoyed me so much, to the things I read in Al Jazeera or uh, somewhere else that are, are telling stories about the things. On that note... Um, an image, another image frozen in my mind is in northern Nigeria, a child sitting in the dirt, memorizing the Quran, And you had to. And if you had a learning disability or something else, you're in trouble. You're just going to be hit on the head until you get it right. And this is, I guess, one of the things this professor uh, talked about um, on the Sunday talk. He said there's a whole section of our brain devoted to words um, that's developed, that we humans have it. It's very close to the part that specializes in face recognition, but it, it's it's an expanded area that I think he was suggesting it's developed in people who have, who are exposed to reading and writing, who have an education, and it develops this other part of the brain. It's a whole area reserved for this 
where kids who are children who are read to, parents who read, teach their children to read, children who read, develop this other skill set that part of the brain just doesn't get developed from people who, who can't for some reason, and they lose this, this other higher level of functioning uh, with words. And you can see that, and you can see it when people talk about, you know, generalizations about people. Oh, uh, that's because they're white and they're privileged. But it's also the fact that people who just don't learn to read or don't read are perhaps missing a, a lot of brain power that can be used to help them negotiate life and get through on a better level. <laughs> When I think of these gangs around Toronto, kids with guns, uh, what, a 16-year-old killed a 13-year-old, or a third, no, 13-year-old killed a 16-year-old. Um, I don't think that kid is, was read bedtime stories by his mother and father. <sighs> Number four, having multiple personalities that complicate choice-making. Now, this is the one I'm interested in. <clears throat> that in this book he's saying, he's addressing this problem, this design flaw, uh, having multiple personalities that complicate choice-making. Now, that's so interesting to me, and that's the one I'd really like to focus on, because, like, what what do you, what do you really do you mean? And, you know, I'm constantly raising this issue. Do we even have a personality? Which one? And how we are different cells for different people? And so th- this... This is what I hope we explore. If I have any say in the matter tomorrow, I'm going to steer us in that direction. Number five, desire to meaning-making where inappropriate. We're looking for meaning. We have a desire for meaning-making where inappropriate. Why am I here? Why am I alive? What is the meaning of life? I don't know. Um, but I don't know about the inappropriate. Hmm. Anyway, I've had my, gosh... 22 minutes. Uh, did I even give you the day or date? Yeah, it was um, Monday. Um, the 24th, I believe, today might have been my father's birthday. Mm. All right, boys and girls, Scarborough Dude signing off. i got to go out and i got to do a little more shuffling, but uh, this is a start. Stay tuned. Delighted to hear that uh, my good friend Rob in uh, Thailand... Looks forward to a Friday night to get a couple of beer and listen to the Scarborough dude. He goes out in his little cabin out there, out in the country, in northern Thailand, and listens to the Dixon Janes podcast. Saluting you, Rob. Thank you for the encouragement. Scarborough dude, signing off. Bye for now. I'm in the mood to move to the left three feet, goddammit. I'm in the mood to slide to the right hundred feet, goddammit. I'm in the mood to fall down the steps four flights, goddammit. I'm in the mood to fly in the air twelve feet, motherfuck. We in the mood to do our thing right now, mohe now. Sunny fish, melon jelly, ball in the jack, at the meat wagon now. I'm in the mood to move my body like a weasel, goddammit. 4, 8, 16 feet to the left, goddammit.
Dude, back at you on uh, Thursday, January 27th, uh, about uh, quarter to 11 in the morning, and I am in Bluffers Park. A cold one out there, so uh, I've got my winter coat with me, but I, I don't feel like going for a walk. There's a fierce, a wicked wind blowing up. Uh, you can just see the waves, and oh my God, all the ducks huddled together. Uh, the water is, I mean, it's so cold, the ice is broken, but it's bits and blocks of ice. I, don't, I just, you just feel so sorry for these, the birds and the geese. They're sitting like on the roadway, which is iced. And uh, I <laughs> guess they don't mind, but uh, too cold for me to go out. So, yeah, I don't know what to say. I'm uh Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Scarborough dude blocking himself. Not really. There's just I just don't know where to go. I don't have notes, which is usually a, a good thing. I, I'm I'm just I guess because I'm visually I'm preoccupied with the waves. Like it's just it's amazing. I'm facing the inlet, and that wind is just pushing in wave after wave, and that's why all the ducks are sort of sort of pushed in in towards the shore, huddled together in the group. I mean, I'm, I'm we're, we're talking dozens, dozens, like you know, uh, a lot, a lot of ducks sitting in the water. That was a kid. That was a song I knew as a kid. I'm a little white duck. Sitting in the water, a little white duck doing what he ought to. And I don't remember the rest of it. I used to have, uh, we had a, there was a little record player I could play 45s on. Oh, there's a memory. Got to make a note of that one. Um, I wasn't able to, we had, we played 78s in those days. This is back in Valleyfield. So we're talking like 1956 or something. And I would have, I guess I had Pencil the Donkey. Well, it was better than that, but I loved it. Uh, Little Black Sambo, which you probably couldn't buy today. Um, I got something weird. I, I, anyway, little records, and I could I could play them, and sit there in the living room in a corner by myself. And play records. Now that doesn't sound like that. Sounds like oh, really? You know, doesn't everybody do that? Like, what's the big deal? But I don't think as many kids had a little special little record player that played forty fives. My father was into music, and um, I don't think it was all that common back then. You know, I mean, we, I remember when we we went from no television to television. That was a big deal. Apparently, my father sold his boat to buy a television. He had a little boat. 
And it was nicknamed the Bar Dick because I had a sister Barbara and a brother Dick. And uh, so I wasn't, <laughs> I didn't get named on that boat. It was sold before, well, I don't know if it was sold. Did he bring it from Sorel? I don't know why I didn't get a, why it wasn't the Bar Dick Inn. But anyway, uh, I had the um, screen, the Winky Dink screen. I watched Captain Kangaroo and Howdy Doody. And little memories from that living room. I'm trying to recall memories from my childhood. Uh, it's just a sort of a mental exercise. Um, and it's very selective. There's only certain ones that come up. And, and some of them, they're pictures. Like they're like they're little movies. And you can see sometimes it's only a, a few images. And maybe they're even still images. They're not even moving. Um, but... Anyway, that's what I'm doing these days. Uh, what else am I doing? Well, I'm being a friend. I'm being a friend to people. And it's a role I absolutely love playing. And I guess it's a a listener friendship, except that I'm also a talker. So that makes it a little tricky, you know, to, to call yourself, I'm a good friend because I listen. I do listen, but I do an awful lot of talking. And I'm I'm trying to learn to hold back. No, no, just create an open space and let the other person talk. I'm saying all this because I've just had a uh, coffee with my uh, good friend Yasser, who you've heard about on this podcast. Only friend I have who was uh, born in Pakistan. And I find that uh, just kind of neat for no particular reason. Such an interesting character. Um, and we've developed for somehow it just sort of happened. We can, it started from that first. And again, it's one of those wonderful beginnings. It started from just, here's a person looking for a light and I pass him a joint. And it just sort of continued on from there, just in, in bits and pieces, stops and starts here and there. Um, he doesn't even live in this country. He's uh, normally in the States, but he moves around a lot and he's got a girlfriend in Toronto. And, uh, so we arranged, he was coming back to Toronto for a few days and we arranged to, uh, meet for Tim Horton's coffee. Same place we have, uh, we did last time. And I was sort of almost ready to back out. He said he works at 10, you know, it would have to be in the morning, be short. And I'm thinking, well, look, I'll just, how about if I just give you a, uh, a free parking ticket. You don't have. We don't have to meet. You know, it's okay. Um, but we did have to meet. It was meant to be. It was an absolutely wonderful conversation. Uh, it started off with my usual Tim Hortons problems. I didn't use the app to pre-order. I could have done it. I knew what I wanted. I knew what I wanted. Two medium coffees from the dark roast. One with cream. One black. And then two of the farmer breakfast wrap, because I've got a, um, you know, the activate the little coupon, you get the two for six bucks. It's a great deal. And, um, but I thought, you know, to pre-order, you have to make sure you got the right location. I remember last time I had trouble with the location. No, I don't want to do that. I, I just, it's easier if I just drive up and tell what I want into the speaker but meanwhile, I've activated this coupon. And it just I just make it more complicated than it is for anybody else. Like, why am I even telling you this? Because it's just, hey, use the app, pre-order, 
pick it up. Pay for it. Use your cards. I've got these $10 gift cards. So I pulled over. Rather than, I had I had to figure out, okay, what am, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? There's nobody in the lineup. It's empty. There's nobody there. I pull over to the side. No, I got to think this through. I got to, okay, well, I activate it, and then what? Then they scan the coupon? Is that it? Yeah, I think so. And meanwhile, bam, five cars drive up, and suddenly I'm waiting in a line. Doesn't matter. Yes, there's not there this point, I get the order, they scan the coupon, everything's fine. And um, I park, and right then and there, Yasser pulls up beside me, gets into my car, I've already got the coffee, I've got the uh, farmer's wrap, let's just sit here together and talk. And that's what we did. It, it, it all worked out beautifully. All I'm talking about is the, which was part of our conversation, the mental anxiety, the rehearsing, the running through scenarios, the preparing for something so simple, and even just this plan to meet for coffee on this day at this time at this place. It just... It seemed to be a thing. And I think, okay, is that just, is that just an age factor? You get older, everything sometimes seems more complicated, or... Is it a COVID factor that you just, there's a level of anxiety that's built into every meeting, everything. I'm going to be meeting John Meadows next week, Tuesday, when bars can be open again. At the only, we're going to meet for coffee in the morning. Am I going to go through the same running down the scenario? Okay, if I got my green pea parking app, is it working? Will there be a place for me to park? How long will it take me? Will I go through all of this or to just fucking do it, man. Just fucking do whatever you're going to fucking do. You don't need to think everything through, but we do. Or I do. And it seems such a waste of energy. Anyway, God. Get rid of that. Empty the brain. Clear. Flush. Gone. Okay. Done. Fuck, man. Anyway. It turned into be just an amazingly good conversation. I'm fascinated by Yasser. He does look to me for a little bit of wisdom and advice. And, and as a listener, that makes me feel good. Uh, and so it's just a mutually satisfying friendship, relationship. And it, it's kind of unique because, hey, the guy lives in Colorado. I don't see him all that often. But when we do. It's always a worthwhile connection. And that and that just makes life satisfying. And we both get to talk and, and share, you know. And, and I just have to learn, okay, Ken, hold, hold. Okay, stop. You don't have to tell that particular story. You, you've told one story too many. Back off a little. You know, hey, hey, leave some open space. Leave some open space there, man. And uh, I'm, I'm working on it, but hey. None of us are perfect. I am very, very excited about this concept. I don't even know if I've shared this with you. From the book, did I talk about it? Yeah, about future self being the one, that the ideal self you imagine in the future, the person you want to be. Use that person to judge present self, the decision you're about to make now, the way you're about to act now, the thing you're about to do now, the choice you're about to do now. Judge it from the position of your future self coming back, looking at this moment and asking, 
Is that the right thing? Is that the thing you're proud of? Is, is that the decision that meets up with what your future self would approve of? Assuming this future self is a better self than the present one. You let that future self be the judge. As opposed to spending so much of our time um, on the past and, and, you know, judging from our past behaviors or the mistakes we've made in the past um, and looking backwards. No, no, look towards the future. Who do you want to be? What is your vision of a better self? And, uh, you know, do what you can to grow towards that one. And meanwhile, when you're making a decision in the present, which is when you define yourself, um, let that person Act in accordance with what you would approve of in the future. Okay. All right. All right. We're done there. Um, I did mention, I think I I got this book. It's on uh, Libby. Um, and is just so much. Here, here is the, the quote. How will future me evaluate the choices I make right now? Um, and it, it's really good. Uh, I could randomly, I don't have anything highlighted. You can't really highlight in in an app like this. Like, I like to copy and paste, but you can't. Um, Let me, maybe I'll just read a little bit to you, okay? What's the next right thing to do? So there's a good starting point. What's the next right thing to do? The next right thing is the one that future self will be proud of. Will my future self be more impressed that I fired off an angry email in response to a criticism of, or that I waited to cool off and think through a productive response that will de-escalate the conflict. Will my future self be pleased that I ate two chocolate bars, blah, 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 blah. But defining future, by, defi- by defining, but defining best self is only the first of two battles to win in the war amongst competing selves. So there's this concept. There's all these different selves, each with its own agenda and needs. The second is prioritizing best self over other selves who have their own agenda. This second battle is even harder because in it we're playing two roles simultaneously, general and soldier. Um, and who is the general? Who is issuing the order to prioritize best self? Um, gosh, I, I could just keep reading for this because it's all good. Again, the book is hard to be human and, um, it's something that's, uh, I think tool number two, prioritizing best self, the self in charge at any point in time is the one with the most power, which is only sporadically the best self. So the self in charge you know, who's going to make the decisions, you know, react this way, say this, do this, don't do that, um, is not necessarily your best self. For Freud, ego should be in charge, captive neither to the id's expulsive demands nor the superego's harsh criticisms. For Jung, self should be in charge, guiding the integration process. We may want best self to be in charge, but the self that is actually in charge is the self with the most power at any given point in time. So that means it could be your emotions firing up, you know, the strongest self of the many that are competing for dominance. 
best self is often not the most forceful, since there are other selves that are much stronger. Why? Because, you know, anyway, anyway, anyway. All right, I guess maybe you're not enjoying this. Uh, but I am so glad. Again, I, I talk so often about ripples. And I guess this is what's so important, is the impact we actually can and do have on each other by listening, by learning. Again, it goes back to the the very talk that I I attended on the Oasis conference when uh, they talked about why, how did humans evolve so differently, so quickly from other animals? And it's because we learn from each other. And it's not just the learning, it's, it's the reacting to, it's the listening, it's the, the the different ways we touch each other. And, God, I had a point to make there. Uh, yeah, so the fact that this man's wife mentioned this book and this man decided, I'll bring that up for the next meeting because the person in charge of the men's group meeting said, anybody got any ideas? And I knew enough. I, I've done twice in a row, two sessions in a row, two months in a row. I've been the one that sort of picked a topic and everybody said, great. And this time, a voice, one of myself, said to me, Ken, don't volunteer anything this time. Another competing self. Boy, this all fits in. Boys and girls, if you're still with me, this is making sense. Another competing self in me said, ooh, we could talk about this thing. I could put forward this topic. But the other the other voices said, no, you don't want to be three in a row. You don't want to be dominating this group. You don't have to take this leadership role. It's not your job. Let somebody else. And I didn't say anything. I held that other self back. The self that maybe wants its ego fed, wants people to say, wow, Ken gave us another good idea. Thank you, Ken. I smothered that self. I said, no, no, no. You had to know. And I left that space open for this other person to come up with an idea two days before the meeting. And suddenly it was a great idea. And I'm so grateful. And in return, I got to learn from the book that he chose. And I'm sharing it with you. Now, maybe you got something from this. Maybe you didn't. But it is about that fact that we are constantly, continually, always making decisions, acting, choosing to do what is what is right, what is what is our best self. We all want to be better. We're all driven. I, this is an assumption, mind you. And maybe not everybody plays this way or believes this, but I those of us who are inwardly focused and wanting to know ourselves, to be our unique selves, are trying, trying to learn, trying to progress, trying to be a better self. Maybe we maybe we think there's an ideal self. I, I don't know, but I think we do have a sense of what is better, what is growth, what is what is positive, what is the me I want to be that's better than the me I I was in the past or the me I am now even. What is that thing, and how do we how do we get there? And it involves listening, 
reflecting, pausing. <laughs> One of the voices is saying, Ken, shut the fuck up. <laughs> You've said enough. Drop it. Drop it. They get the point. So maybe uh, maybe that's a, uh, that's what we'll do. <laughs> we'll, we'll stop right there. And uh, I'll leave a little space for a future Ken to come back to you to finish off this particular podcast. This is Dixon Jane's number 880 coming to you on a very cold day out here with the ducks and geese in Bluffers Park. So uh, take care, boys and girls, and uh, do what you can to find and be your better self. Bye for now.
Okay, folks, we got uh, eight minutes, or I got eight minutes, you got a whole hour, uh, to finish this thing off, and I'm doing this as a special favor for the man formerly known as Singapore Sam, now uh, semi-retired up in Thailand, um, because he wanted something to listen to. It's his Friday night, they're 12 hours difference, and uh, so here it is, it's 9.18 in the morning, I'm sitting in my road track, it is fucking cold, Rob! I mean, Jesus Christ. But uh, it was easier for me from, to go from the living room to get into the road trek than it would be to make my way downstairs. We don't have a hand railing. i got to go baby steps. And uh, so here I am in the road trek, engine running, fucking freezing, going to finish off this podcast. i got one topic that I've got to get out of the way, and it is a wordle. Everybody, I know, uh, well, not everybody, but lots are playing Wordle. I absolutely love the game. Maybe I already talked about it, but there's one thing. You, you've got these six chances to guess the word of the day, you know, and it, it's beautifully set up, and, and anyway, it's, it's just wonderful. Go and check it out, W-R-D-L-E. But some people think they've gained the system. They put the first word, a word that counts as a real word, but is almost all vowels. I won't even say it. And then they can see, oh, good, you know, it doesn't have these vowels, but it's got these vowels. i got a head start for guess number two. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. I, am, I was incensed yesterday when a good friend, who will remain anonymous, because I had to apologize to him for ranting so much, offered to tell me the word. Like, I'll give you the secret word, and this will help you. Fuck. Oh, God. God. Honestly, Jesus Christ, I don't want it. I want the fun of guessing a random five-letter word. You know what? And, and the beauty of it. It's the way I live my fucking life. What speaks to me? A word comes to my head. It could have been speak. S-P-E-A-K. Yeah, put that one. Oh, gosh, there's only one letter, the A. Oh, okay, well, now i got a letter for the next one. Let's go. It's not in the right place, but okay, at least I've narrowed it down. That's the fun. Jesus Christ. But to, to win, oh, look, so I can, get, I can guess it in three. I don't care. I guess almost all the time in four. Wow, that's a great track record. Anyway, I love the game. I hate the fact that some people play to win. You know, put in this way, this will give you an edge. There, there's advantages, there's, there's clues, there's ways to win it. Fuck, why is winning so goddamn important? Jesus, I understand not wanting to lose. I don't want to lose. I got a 14-day streak going. But to have that... Anyway, anyway, anyway. Calm down, Ken. Calm down. Calm down. Future self. I've talked a lot about this. My future self is saying, Ken, 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 why didn't you keep up the exercises the physiotherapist told you to do? You can feel right now your legs. Your, your Your foot is feeling numb these days, number than usual. Your walking just seems a little more tricky, a little more hesitant. Just something's not quite right. It's worse than it was before. You know there's a deterioration. You know it's going to get worse. So why don't you, present day Ken, go back to doing exercises every day? And present day Ken, 
I don't like doing exercise. I don't, no, no, it's not part of my day. I, I come down, I want my coffee, I want my muffins, I want to watch the news, then I want to have my shower, I want to lie down with a cat. I want to, I, my day is full. There's no time for exercises. Like, there's no time for filing away all these papers and getting rid of shit before I die. No, no, that's not part of my day. My day is fun now. I love my day. I watch a movie every day, every night. It's great. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. And Future Ken is going, mm-hmm, you really should be doing your exercise now. And I haven't yet been able to have present day Ken surrender to future can, the future can, the ideal self you picture in the future. That ideal self would be eating well, doing exercise. But look, already I'm drinking less. I'm hardly ever smoking dope. I'm doing okay. I'm using my brain, you know. Just leave me alone, future self. Leave me alone. I don't want to do my exercises. So there you go. I'm working on this system. I love that concept of a future self looking back and judging the present day self, but I'm not there yet. All I know is my wife's birthday comes up. It's coming up in February. I cannot let another birthday go by without a proper present. I don't know what to do. All right, moving on. Jesus, we've got three minutes left. Uh, Yesterday, out of the blue, somebody tried to contact me from Nigeria. And right away, I thought, okay, oh yeah, all right, been there before. Uh, and then it turned out she graduated 10 years before I arrived in Nigeria as the head student at St. Angela's Girls Grammar School. And she was the real thing. She's a 69-year-old grandmother living in the States, very well, highly educated, still actively teaching, very concerned about literacy, absolutely wonderful woman. And we connected like... After I'd sort of quizzed her, well, where did you live? And I got all the right answers. Suddenly, bam, she's FaceTiming me. And we're chatting. And we're sitting there. And we had the wonderful half-hour talk from somebody I've never met. She only found me because I had checked in on the St. Angela's Girls uh, Facebook page once and said, I used to teach here. And uh, she reached out. And that was wonderful. The only thing I feel a little guilty about is I made sure, I gave her great respect, the respect she was due for being a head student and working so hard. She knew my principal when the principal was just a teacher. The connections were beautiful. But I presented the best Ken. I didn't say I was a village drunk as I did on my uh, you know men's group forum. I, I sort of told her how much I liked the... Uh, you know, the bush meat and and palm wine, but I I didn't say that I lusted after the girls and and all the things I wrote about in the letters of my books, I didn't show her that. And I feel a little sheepish about that. All right, we've got a minute left. Truckers demonstrating across Canada borders, and I am afraid it is just one more sign of the cancer that is American politics and division and extremism creeping across the border i mean you're saying hey hey it's canada you know hey don't you're not above all this no no but things like that kind of extremism and right-wing politics and ignorance and challenging you know science all that kind of ignorance creeps across borders the borders don't hold it back it's it's a worldwide phenomena swing to the right and um 
I'm afraid we've got it. And this demonstration that's going on, top news story, truckers, you know, they're going to be having some kind of a big to-do in Ottawa today. And it's anti-Trudeau, it's anti-vax, it's, you know, give us back our freedom. They're all waving Canadian flags and it makes me hate the flag even more, you know. I want the unity flag, the blue stripes in it, you know. Anyway, my time is up. Rob, I hope you enjoyed this. Sorry I ranted an awful lot, but you probably like that too. So, uh, Scarborough Dude signing out on a very cold winter day. What is it? January 28th. And, uh, yeah. So, see you next week, folks. Stay tuned. And, uh, yeah. Think about your future self, okay? There, I always end with a bit of advice. Think about your future self. What? How is it going to judge your present self and your actions today? Bye for now.